0: Luke chapter 12, i We're going to begin reading at verse 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass... Which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will He clothe you, O ye of little faith? And that's where we'll stop right there. And, uh, give us about three weeks to a month. And, uh, with the warm weather we have this week, you'll already see new grass starting. And in a month's time it'll be green grass. And the flowers will start blooming. And I think it's about the third, the third Sunday in March or somewhere around there. Around, around that time we'll have Easter and the Easter lilies will start to bloom. And uh, from what I understand, I'm not a expert on plant life don't misunderstand me but from what I understand you just can't plant those anywhere they grow wild and on their own they have to be cared for I remember we had some whenever I first moved where I'm at now and I made the mistake of mulling over and they never came back beautiful beautiful flower you'll see them on the side of the road in the most peculiar places but they don't have to they don't have to prep themselves they don't have to worry over anything God just brings them up and makes them grow and they're beautiful and that's God's handiwork and the first verse that I read to you said, Consider the lilies. And it says how they grow. They toll not, they spin not. In other words, they don't have a worry in the world. And yet I say unto you that Solomon. Now we read where the Queen of Sheba visited Solomon one time, didn't we? She had heard about how much Solomon had been blessed and she just didn't believe it. She wanted to go see it for herself. And after Solomon took her around and showed her everything, she said, Lord, the half has not been told of how much God has blessed you, Solomon. I didn't even know half of what what all God has done for you. And yet Solomon in all his glory, all the gold that he had, all the riches, all the wisdom, everything at his disposal was not arrayed like one perfect living. All right, now let's go to the next verse. If then God so clothed the grass, Which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. And this is where we wanted to get to. How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? What are you wearing? That's what I want to preach on, if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes. What are you wearing? you've ever had the TV on, and they'll show those movie premieres and things like that, the movie stars will will walk in and they'll ask them, what are they wearing? And it'll be outfits that's in the thousands of dollars for just one dress, or one tuxedo, or you name it. They'll have spent thousands of dollars just to make that one garment that'll be worn one time and it'll never be seen again. Now, I don't want to talk about the shirt that you've got on or the brand name of the pants or the, or the brand name of the dress that you're wearing tonight. What have you got on spiritually? What are you wearing? And uh, did this not say that God would clothe us? Oh, ye of little faith. And I remember a song, and I'm just going to talk for a minute, and I hope the Lord will come by and help us. I remember a song. It says, two coats were before me, an old and a new. I could have either. So what must I do? The first coat was earthy and not fit to wear. The second was a new one. Had never been worn. And then the the tagline says, I'll tell you the best thing I ever did do. I laid off the old coat. And put on the news. So what are you wearing? Now we read over in the Old Testament about Jacob. The Lord spoke to him. I guess we preached on this one time several years ago. The Lord spoke to him. And the Lord <clears throat> told Jacob to go back to Bethel. And whenever the Lord stopped talking to Jacob, Jacob went to his family. And this is what he told them to do. He told them to change Their garments. Did you know just not anything will work with the Lord? And I've seen people, they're one way on the altar, they're another way at work, they're another way at Walmart. Not just anything will work with the Lord. From what you dress to what you wear on your feet. Remember Moses? Now, Moses, we could say, was a man of God, couldn't we? He followed the Lord, he listened to the Lord. But when he got down there to the burning bush, he couldn't just track anything in, could he? The Lord told him to pull his shoes off for the place that he was on was holy ground. Did you know we need to be very careful what we come tracking in here? And I'm not talking about a muddy place in the carpet. I'm talking about that spiritual garment that we're wearing. I'm talking about our lives that we live and how we live them for the Lord. And if you're not very careful, we'll track in anger. We'll track in bitterness. We'll bring our troubles right up on the altar and they'll consume us to a point to where we can't get to God. We need to take our shoes off. I'm not talking about these brown ones on my feet. I'm talking about what we come tracking in. When we come to church, we're supposed to leave the world outside. And we're supposed to come in here with a determination that we're going to get to God. What happened last Wednesday night? Did we not take our shoes off? Did we not leave the world outside? Did the power of God not witness? Did did we not let the Lord use each and every one of us? And when we took our shoes off and left our minds and, and, and the troubles of this world outside... And I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you, I was pretty low when I came in last Wednesday night. I had some things on my mind that was really bothering me and troubling me. And if it wasn't for the church obeying the Spirit of God, I'd have left troubled. But people put their shoes off and and put on their traveling shoes, as the song used to say. They put on... Holiness, they put on righteousness, they were a witness for the Lord. And the power of God fell, and we saw one soul get saved because we didn't track just anything on the altar, but we came in with a determination to lift up the name of the Lord. What are you wearing? What'd you come tracking in today? What are you wearing? Jacob told his people to change their garment. God's not displeased with everything. People say God is love, and yes, He is. But He hates sin. That's right. He absolutely despises sin. And don't take my word for it. Go look it up and read it. There are some things that God hates, and one of them is sin, one of them is a proud look. How's your garment look? I've seen people, they they prim, they prim, they take hours to get ready, and it's not in this flesh. Flesh never will please God. But what you need to please the Lord with is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And does it not say that He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart? Oh, that we could get broken. We raise hands nearly every service, saying we know someone that's lost, that's a sinner. You know what gets them from the chair to the to the altar? It's a broken heart. It's somebody, some saint of God, that's willing to cry out on their behalf. So let's go there, will you? Let's take a look. I read one time where Jonah was sent down to Nineveh and somebody had to put on a different garment, didn't they? Jonah preached 40 days and yet Nineveh will be overthrown. And the king of Nineveh, could have said, look who I am. Look what I've got. How dare you say such words in my kingdom. But he didn't. He changed his garment. He put on sackcloth and ashes and got himself humble. And not only that, the king himself told everybody in the kingdom that they needed to change their garment. In other words, what? Are you wearing? Why aren't you concerned we could be destroyed? And let me tell you something, we live in America and we say God bless America. Don't you think America's just one or two steps away from the fate of Nineveh if we don't change our garments, if we don't take care about what we put on, about what we're wearing, if we don't shine that white robe We're in trouble, and our country is too. All right. Did sackcloth smell anything? You know what sackcloth is, don't you? I can't remember the exact material, but you remember them old sacks like you used to give They're itchy. Sackcloth is not comfortable. But then repentance never is, is it? Sackcloth is inconvenient. Sackcloth is something that you wouldn't normally wear. But if you want to get to the Lord, it's a real good garment to wear. it's not comfortable it don't Good. fit just right you know one of the hardest things to do is to admit that we've sinned one of the hardest things for us to do is to lay down our pride and say god i'm not where i need to be with you would you forgive me would you help me i'm sorry for what i've done i We've lived today that people think just saying "I'm sorry" is repentance. That's not so. Did you know that? You pray for a few minutes. Heartfelt, meaningful repentance means that I am sorry for what I have done and the shape that I have gotten myself in and I realize this is not where the Lord wants me to be and I want to get out of this mess and if you'll forgive me, Lord, I'll never get back in that shape again and mean it and never go back when the Lord forgives you. That's what true repentance is. Amen. Everybody's sorry when they get caught but are they sorry for what they put their in? For the mess they've gotten themselves in? It's hard to wear that, isn't it? What are you wearing? It's hard to wear that. All right, what are you wearing? The king and everybody in Nineveh put on sackcloth and they prayed. Can you imagine the joy in their hearts when they found out God wasn't going to destroy them? Can you imagine the smile on their faces? Can you imagine them hugging, ne- hugging necks and being thankful? Sackhoes might not have fit well. It might not have been comfortable. But it brought joy. It brought victory. It brought it brought forgiveness. It brought a nation together. Oh, that America would put on some sackcloth and call out to the Lord. We want to think that we're, we're just in the apple of God's eye. The church is the apple of God's eye, and the sin that our nation condones is what God hates. Amen. Yeah, Maybe. What are you wearing? It feels so clothed, the lily of the fields. Today is in the field, and tomorrow is it cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O oh, ye of little faith? It's never going to get be any better, preacher. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And I beg to differ with you. Now listen, our country may just continue its downhill climb. It may just keep going right on down. That doesn't mean it's not going to get better. For the folks that have put on sackcloth, for the folks that are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, today might not be good, but tomorrow might be better. How do you know? Because one day we'll look up and see Jesus coming back in the clouds. And that will be the great day. All right. What are you wearing? You may not like what you're wearing. It may have drugged you down. You might have gotten it filthy with the sin that you've had in your life, and you're sick of wearing what you got on. You may want a new garment. You may like to try something different, something new. I read about a lady that was named Rahab. You want to know what kind of garment she wore? She was a harlot. That's what she was. She was a harlot. And everybody in town knew her. Even the king knew who she was. Joshua sent men in to spy on Jericho. And to check it out, and they went to Rahab's house. And Rahab was the only one in Jericho that told these men the truth. She said, Our hearts did fail us when we heard you were heading this way. And she said, Give me. She's tired of the garment she's wearing. What are you wearing? She said, give me a true token. She said, if I hide you, would you spare my life when you come back? And here's where her new garment started. She used a scarlet cord. There's significance in that color. She used a scarlet cord and they said, if you'll hang that scarlet cord out the window, when we come and destroy Nineveh, we'll spare you and all that's in your house. She was a harlot. But here's what she did. She gathered everybody she knew into her house. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And people may look at me and say, well, that's just an old buzzard. He'll never amount to nothing. He'll never do anything. But God don't see me like they see me. God don't see you like the sin that the world associates with you. We used to sing a song, when he sees me, he sees the blood of the Lamb. I don't care how nice you are, the blood can get you clean. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now you pray on for a few minutes. Here's, you want evidence that Rahab wanted to wear a different kind of garment? Where did she hide the men? She put them up on the roof, didn't she? And she hid them in the flax. Do you know what flax is used for? Do you know what purpose it is? And do you know why the flax was up on the roof? What happened to the flax that was on the roof? As the sun beat down on it day after day after day. What happens to something that lays out in the sunshine and in the heat day after day after day? The color in it begins to fade, don't it? You know what flax is used for? In that day and age, it was used to make garments. What was happening to that flax day after day, the color in it was fading and if it laid out there long enough, I can imagine that the color finally diminished and it became a white color. Oh, that Rahab could wire a new garment. Uh, Flax was laid out, the color missing in it, it became white and she could make a new garment. Rahab was a changed woman because she encountered two men that was from the children of Israel and she believed the report and she made preparations That we would believe the gospel and make preparations because it's just about time for the world to see us in our new garment in those white robes. You know what Rahab did? She believed the words that the men told her. that our sinners would just believe the words they've been told, the gospel. Well, preacher of mine's not even been here to hear you. That's all right. You carried out what I preached to you. Mm-hmm. And you told them about how wonderful our service was last Wednesday night, about how much of a blessing that you got out of it. That's carrying the gospel. Mm-hmm. It don't have to come from my lips. You can tell them because you know what it is and you appreciate it. You were fed from it. All right. What are you wearing? The world looks down on us. We will never be able to wire anything. And I know people have different ideas. Some people think the The preacher should wear a suit. Some people think that he's all right just in a shirt, pirate dress pants. And I believe y'all do your best for the Lord, I do. But I can wear a suit and be as mean as the devil. Did you know that? What I've got on this old flesh really doesn't matter. It's what I'm wearing on that spiritual body that makes a difference. Don't you think that you will put on a woolen robe of white and walk with the church? This is a good man right here, but his flesh is not going to glory. And if it was a woolen robe don't you think moths could eat it? Does the scripture not say we're moths can't corrupt? We're going to a better country. Mm-hmm. Now listen, sometimes we get worried, don't we? Sometimes we get troubled. I'm going to preach you a little eternal salvation. I know I'm not shouting, not got in a big way, but the Lord's helping me for just a few minutes. Remember, The children of Israel didn't always have the best time either, did they? I read where they grumbled. The Lord provided manna for them, and they despised it. I read where they mumbled, they moaned, they threatened to go back to Egypt on on Moses two or three different times, and they had to wander 40 years in the wilderness for their sin. A whole generation had to die because of their sin, and they never got to see, that generation never got to see the promised land. But in the 40 years that they walked, I believe their clothes never wore out. In the 40 years that they walked, the scripture says that the shoes on their feet never wore out. How could that be? Because God had clothed them. He has clothed us. As a matter of fact, he said put on the whole armor of God that you may not want, or, that you may be able to protect yourself in evil times. Put on the helmet of salvation. Did you know, I remember, there used to be a few years ago a group of ladies, you'd go out to show or some restaurant like that, and you'd run into them. And they'd have all the purple hats and the red dress. And, it, and, and I know it used to be a thing, might have been a thing here, where ladies on Sunday morning would wear their, their hats or church hats and things like that. I remember several years ago when the elder men would wear a, a derby hat to church and things like that. But the Lord. Got a hand for you to put on your head. What is it? It's the helmet of salvation. I would be caught without it. Amen. <sighs> Loins gird with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The breastplate. A lot of people may have put the helmet on, but they forgot their breastplate. The breastplate of righteousness. Do you know I don't always have it on? Do you? There's times in my life that I'm not righteous. And I have to move up. The breastplate of what a, What a garment to put on the breastplate of righteousness. It goes on, don't it? it? even gets down there to the feet. So Moses, if you can't wire your shoes on holy ground, let me give you some you can wire. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you know why? The steps you take in life sometimes are so sore and so hard to step from one day to the next. It's because our feet have not been shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace. How can you walk? through this life comfortably unless you have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and I beg your pardon you cannot get that at home you've got to hear the gospel down at the house of God (sighs) Carolyn Buckner He introduced me to this song. It says, when peace like a river. You know that song? It is well with my soul. Well, preacher, you don't know what I've been through. I've been through some things too. There's not a child of God that hasn't faced some trouble. There's not a child of God that Satan hasn't come by and tried his best just to tear you all to pieces. But when he does, if you are wearing what God gave you to wire, you can walk right through it. I didn't say you wouldn't shed a tear. As a matter of fact And I'll be done here in just a few minutes As a matter of fact The Lord said He told Satan this Have you considered My servant Job A perfect Not a fault Not a sin A perfect and upright man Who feareth God And escheweth evil Now, I believe Job, in all that he lost, cried many tears. Lost his children, lost his servants, lost his herds, lost his wealth. His wife turned on him, lost his health. Even his friends said, you must have done something that God wants to punish even everybody turned against him. Don't tell me that won't bring tears to your pillow. But I'm telling you today, the way Job made it through all that was he had on the right garbage. He had on what God had given to wear, and life may not always break you roses, but you can get through it. You can take the steps to make it if you got on and you're wearing what God (laughs) wants you to. What is that, preacher? The whole armor. Amen. All right. Who are these, John? John said, Lord, thou knowest. And he said, these are they. Now listen to where they came from. And I'm going to preach this. There was not a one of them that didn't make it. (laughs) There was not a one of them that didn't make it. These are they. That have come up through great trials and tribulations. Does that sound like a bed of roses? We used to sing a song. It's been a long, long journey. Lord, but now I don't mind for heaven will then be mine. These are they, having come up through great trials and tribulations. Having done robes washed white. What are they wearing? Oh, the red carpet. Don't have a thing on the children of God whenever they march through the gate. Amen. You, <laughs> you talking about a sight. If you want to see Tom Hanks or or one of the movie stars at one of the premieres, you say, I'll never forget that. If you could just see the children of God marching in when they go home, the white garments that never no back and number, Oh, that's a sign. And I don't know, the Bible don't talk about John and his days after the Isle of Patmos, but I believe that's a sign he never forgot. I'm talking about something that the world is never going to be able to take a look at because we'll be gone in the twinkle of an eye. We'll rise to meet him in the air and we'll go home. In our clean! Why how do we get so clean? It's through the blood of the lamb. Thanks be to God. You know what? It ain't soiled, it don't wrinkle, it moss can't eat through it, threads don't come by, or not. and it fits just right. What are you worrying? is that wife or that husband that child or that mama or that daddy ever said what's wrong with you and you've had to check and see what you're wearing I'm not talking about the shirt you got on Amen. I'm talking about that feeling in your heart because it, a t- preacher from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It'll tell on you. It'll tell exactly what you're wearing. What are you wearing? I told you. You may be doing everything. I, I believe Job was doing everything he could possibly do. Now let me tell you this. Let me just cover this too. Did you know... You can't hide it from God, what you're wearing. You can't. Ask Jeroboam's wife. Jeroboam knew he wasn't in God's will any longer when he built the altar at Bethel and Dan, and the child became sick. And so the same priest, the same prophet that told Jeroboam, That he would be king over Israel, he sent his wife back to that same prophet to pray for the child that was sick. But he said, I want you to disguise yourself, feign yourself to be another. So she put on a disguise. How'd that work out? The second that Jeroboam's wife stepped in the threshold of the door. The prophet greeted her and said, Why feintest thyself to be another? You can't disguise it. I know, and I've seen people, I know of some personally, they'll get up and say, and live like the devil, Monday through Saturday. They get out and get drunk, and on Sunday, they're ready to get up and say, "Oh, how I love Jesus. You're not fooling the Lord. He knows the garment you've got on, and you need to be clean. You can't fool the Lord. What are you wearing? Now, I believe the Lord cleaned me up when I got saved. He washed me in his blood, washed all my sins away, cast them in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be held against me again. And I falter and I fail. And I come short. But I believe it's mine and your duty to keep this garment as clean as we possibly can. Amen. Nobody's going to want. They'll walk up to them on the red carpet and they'll stick the microphone in front of them and they'll say, who are you wearing? So who are you wearing? Are you wearing a garment that costs, now listen, they may pay $10,000 for a dress that will be worn one time and never be seen again. The garment the Lord gave you cost heaven the very best that it had. Amen. It's without price. There is not enough money in the world to pay for the garment that the Lord put on you. There is not enough gold in Fort Knox to buy one minute of salvation. I'm telling you today, it's without price It cost heaven the best that it had, And I believe we are to work with pride. Everybody wants to wave their flag with pride and they'll say gay pride or, or this pride or that pride. I'm here to tell you, I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. There's nothing like an old-time Christian with a Christian love to show. I'm walking on the grand old highway and I'm telling everywhere I go, I'd rather be. What'd they say about you? Ah, uh, she's smart. Ah, uh, he's a good worker. I would hope that the first thing that crosses their mind is that I'm an old-time Christian. (laughs) Because no matter how smart you are, you'll figure out sooner or later there's something you don't know. No matter how hard you work, there'll eventually be a task you can't finish, that you can't complete, that's beyond you. But if I pray and I humble myself, I can let my garbage shine. And I won't have to have a bumper sticker. I won't have to wear a t-shirt. It'll be abundantly evident that I'm an old time Christian. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How will it show, preacher, in the love I have for people? in the words that come out of my mouth, in the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I dress, and the way I love. It'll show every day. What are you wearing? If People don't know you're a Christian and you're not wearing the right garment. If people don't know you're a Christian, you've forgot some of that, and you've left it at home. You may have on the helmet of salvation, but where's that breastplate at? Where's your loins? That piece that goes around your loins is girded with truth. Where is those shoes? Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I've seen people, and I've not seen it since I've been here, thank the good Lord. And if you have, I don't know it. But I've seen people be so critical of of preachers and pastors. Now, I believe preachers are to meet the qualifications. Amen? Amen. And when I don't, it's time for me to turn my paperwork in and lay it down. But I've seen people be so critical of preachers and pastors, good men that's prayed and and preached their heart out, that folks would stab them in the back and say ugly things. And right here sits a a widow that was married to a minister for years, I'm sure. You heard them. Human nature don't change, did you know that? And when you begin to preach on sin, somebody's not going to like it. I've seen people be so critical. You know all those people need to do is put on the rest of their garment. They need to put on that breastplate. They need to have that shield of faith. They need to have the sword. They need to have their feet shod. I'll tell this on myself, no hush. You might as well not send me out to walk on the gravels with no shoes on. I've got a tender foot. And I just can't hardly do that. when I slip a pair of shoes on I can go scooting right through them and it don't bother me at all when I've not heard the gospel and the thorns and the thistles of this life I have to walk through it gets painful but when Satan can throw his best at me when I've heard and listened and applied the word of God to my life and he can't touch me because I've got that hedge about me because I've heard and believed the gospel. I know we read that story of Job, how he had the hedge around him. Do you think Job is any more special than you and I in God's eyes? Why, well, he loves me just as much as he loves Job. He loves you just as much as he loved Job. And he'll put that hedge around you too if you wear the garment that he's laid out for you. What are you wearing? (laughs) They'll say Christian Dior or or you name some famous designer they'll say somebody. I'm proud to say this is the one Jesus gave me. That's what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear it again tomorrow. And when I come in here Sunday I'm still going to have it on. I like to tell people about the day I got it. I like to tell people about that little half bed about a mile and a half down the road. Cross the bridge, first white top road on the right. Little white house in the back bedroom. I got it that day. I was eight then. I'm 55 now. And I weigh probably 150 pounds more than I did then. And it still fits. I've grown, didn't know how to pray, and I still don't, except the Spirit gives me utterance. But I've witnessed the Lord work miracles in my life. I've seen His hand on me. People say He can take me back as far as the day He got saved. I don't have to go that far. I can go back to last Wednesday night with God help and God bless and God saved that an old preacher boy that came in low left with his cup running over. That's as far as Satan can take me. I've seen too many things. He's worked too many miracles in my life. So I'll just keep wearing the garment that the Lord gave me until the day he leaves. he takes me out of this world. What are you wearing? We get so wrapped up and... I avoid most of this, but I had to go to a meeting the other day. It was with some folks that were, I guess, important. And I just watched... I'm not going to tell you how good I am. Because I'm not. As a, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells me I'm not. Jesus said there's none good. I don't have a thing in the world to gain from this old world that's going to make a hill of worth of difference. As long as I can pay my bills live an honest life and provide for my family. I'm just going to wear this same old garment. (laughs) You see, friend, you'll never have success out there. You'll never be happy out there until you put on the garment the Lord gave you to wear. Unless you're happy here, You can have enough money to buy everybody. I know there's people who think they do. But unless you're happy here, you'll never find true happiness out there. Right. Right. And the only way you can be really happy is to check yourself and see what you're wearing. Is to make sure... That you've got on that white robe is to make sure that you've got the whole armor of God on. Mm -hmm. If you're wearing what the Lord gave you, you can be happy. Mm -hmm. Whether you own a mansion or whether you don't have a penny to your name, you can still be happy. Mm -hmm. If you're wearing the garment the Lord gave you, what are you wearing?